Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You know, when I go out west, and up to Birmingham, not so much in Birmingham because I don't walk my granddaughter. She's 14 now. She just goes off by herself. But when I pray for our grandkids, when they were young and I could take them in a stroller and go walking by myself, you know what I pray for? God's purposes be filled in their life. Not my purpose for them. Not mom and dad's purpose. God's purpose. God's purposes in our life is better than any plan you can come up with. I don't know how God's gifted them, but I know he wants to have a relationship with them. Parent, grandparent, you pray for God's will in your kids' and grandkids' lives. That's where the satisfaction of the Lord comes from. As a parent, it's easy to begin to map out your children's lives, trying to point them in a certain direction. Career, scholastic endeavors, whatever. Sometimes the grandparents want to offer their advice regarding these things too, which can sometimes cause friction. Pastor Mark is sharing that the most important focus of the parent or grandparent should be that the children grow up with an understanding that God loves them, created them, and has a purpose for their lives. That will help the child remain secure and stable through life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 as he continues his message, Content with Who God Made Me. I've discovered this, you know it. One of the most basic questions in all of life is this, what on earth am I here for? Every single person will eventually ask that. What in, the, what in the world am I here for? And most people pursue that question, trying to find the answer, without God. So they fill their life with stuff and, and education and doctor degrees. Nothing wrong with all that. That's perfect. All kind of things and dreams and ambitions. Today we hear this a lot. They've got their own bucket list. Nothing wrong with the bucket list. It's fine with me. hundred things I want to do before I die. But see, all of those will never give you purpose. Because one day we are going to die. And we're going to spend eternity in one of two places. So my purpose in life is all connected to God. Because His will for everybody is to become a believer. By the way, if you think your bucket list looks good, wait till you take it to heaven. You can go anywhere at any time with a brand new body. (laughs) Ladies, that skin that you're trying to get from a 17-year-old and you're 43 today, give it up. (laughs) Am I right? But in heaven, praise God, look at that skin. (laughs) No wrinkles. It's going to be great. You know, I told you, I'm 6'11 and buff in heaven, baby, big time. (laughs) 
Some of you are going to be five, seven, and I can't wait. All right. Now, here we go. Take a look. Take a look at what Ephesians tells us. Here it is. Look at this. This is powerful. Ephesians 1, 1, the message. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. That answered the question right there. There's no other answer needed. It's in Christ. And what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. Isn't that amazing? He had designs for us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. You might be here and say, well, I'm not a Christian yet. He's got his eye on you. We learned something this week in staff. It's going to stick with me a long time. You might be far from God, but God is not far from you. He's got his eye on you this morning. He wants to establish that relationship. My purpose is all connected with God. Let me read this to you. For by him all things were created, things in heaven, on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority. Listen to this now. All things were created by him and for him. I was created by God for God. To bring God pleasure. I'm here in my life to know that everything begins with God. We discovered that God created everyone with purpose. And the purpose is for you, look, to be you. And then become more and more like Christ. You can't be somebody else. It'll never work. He created you to be you. I know I Till you be you. You'll be miserable your whole life if you try to be somebody else. You've got to be you because God has plans for you. He's going to use you. He's going to use me. When I say I have to be content, that doesn't mean somebody came up to me after one of the services. They're really, really overweight. And, and they said, is, I'm not content with it. Is that wrong? I said, no, that's right. You shouldn't be content. You shouldn't be content unhealthy because God wants you to be healthy because you can do more for him. Amen. So there is a balance, but spiritually, you and I have to understand. Listen to what Purpose Driven Life says. It's not about you. The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your own happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by his purpose and for his purpose. Would you write this? Everything starts with God and finds its purpose in him. That reminds us why comparing ourselves with other people is simply foolish. Focusing on ourselves and our gifts and our ability will never, ever bring us purpose and satisfaction. We were made by God with just the right looks Just the right abilities, just the right intelligence, just the right opportunities so we can make God look good and not ourselves. You and I are alive this morning because God loved us and has a plan for us. You belong here, right where God has you. We are loved and we need to love God and people back, not compete with them. You say, well, when did God like plan my life? Before you were a twinkle in mom and dad's eyes. 
Let me read it to you. Psalm 139. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Your life is not somebody else's life. It's your life. God is a personal God. He's your heavenly father. He wants to be intimately involved with you and working the plan he has for you. There's nobody better than you and there's nobody worse than you. We're all his kids. Now turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Not only was this a problem 3,000 years ago, it was a problem here in Paul's day. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul goes to a church and he goes, wow, it's pretty bad here. Watch what he says. Verse 3, I'll read it on the New Living Translation. He goes into a church and it'd be like me looking at you here in Melbourne. I'm Paul and you're the church. Listen to what he says. You are jealous of one another. There's the comparison. There's the envy. And quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you're controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, no, I'd rather hear Apollos teach, aren't you acting just like the people of the world? And then Paul brings it down to where we should be. After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? Notice his answer. We are only God's servants. Through whom you believe the good news. Yes, we're effective servants. But notice the next word. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us to do. Paul says, quit living by comparing. Cut it out. I'm a pastor. Apollos is a pastor. You came to salvation because we taught. I'm not better than him and he's not better than me. You came to salvation because of the power of the word of God. This is a big one for pastors. Sometimes we all forget it. But I want you to write this, then I'll explain it to you. Be content being God's servant. Just be content being the servant that God has designed you to be. See, it's a waste of time trying to be something like somebody else. It won't ever happen. Apollos couldn't be Paul. Paul couldn't be Apollos. You know, I watch a lot of different and listen to a lot of different teachers. I, I like to I, I like to see how they communicate and, and understand. To be honest, I'd like to be an evangelist like Greg Laurie. Will I ever be Greg Laurie? I won't ever be Greg Laurie. I watched James Davis teach this week. A new friend of mine. I'm glad I spoke before him on Friday night. <laughs> I say that with tongue and cheek. I'll never be like, I don't have the gifts of James Davis. You see, I can't be somebody else. I just have to be me. Now, that doesn't mean I can't learn from those people. Do you get it? Sure, you can. You watch a leader lead, you can learn. You watch a servant serve, you can learn. You watch somebody lose weight, what's the first question you say? What are you taking? Man, if I had something here that guaranteed you to lose 100 pounds in a year, I'd be rich and I'd just leave here and go work for GMO. I knew I'd get it in again. 
Am I right? You see, but I can't be somebody else, but I can learn from them. Because I haven't arrived yet. Now, I want you to see, when I found this verse, our new puppy, Kimmy, wondered, what was that shout in the office? It was because she wasn't biting me anymore, but here's really what it was. Look at the verse. This is perfect from God. Galatians 6, 4, New Living Translation. Look what it says. Pay careful attention to your own work. What did Jesus say to Peter? It's none of your business what I'm doing with John. Peter, you follow me. Pay careful attention to your own work, your own giftings, your own assignment, your own abilities, where God has you. Pay attention to you. Why should I? For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. The words we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And you, oh, I love this. And you, when you do that, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. That's powerful. Do you see what Paul says? If I waste my time trying to be somebody God hasn't made me, I will never accomplish what God has for me. I need to be satisfied striving to accomplish all that God has for me. And so do you. Quit comparing. You're loved. You're secure. You're gifted. You're adequate because you're a child of God, not because of you. Enjoy it. Do your work with diligence. Serve God with excellence. As we think about that, I'm here for one reason. Let me read you. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever I do, I want to make God look good. You see, when I'm fruitful and I'm accomplishing what God wants in my life, we learn from Ecclesiastes 4 that I'll be at peace. There's actually Proverbs. I'll be at peace. When I'm at peace and I'm content with the stuff God's given me, even the crummy circumstances maybe I'm in right now, when I'm content, at peace, doing the best I can, God's helping me. By the way, one of the greatest verses in the whole Bible is, do you know who your co-worker is? 1 Corinthians 6 says your co-worker is God. Some of you have a co-worker, you wish it was God. But you learn to be patient with that coworker. You know, the one that never does their work. I, have a co- I mean, how can it get any better when God's my coworker? So when you begin to think about all of that in your life, where does that bring you to? Well, it brings me to one thing. When people see that I'm satisfied being me and I have peace, they're going to ask a question. How How can you be content in what's happening in your life? No matter what, how can can you actually have peace? That's the open door. We're there to make God look good. And what's our answer going to be? I'm a child of God. I'm a big work in progress. But God's in my life. And he's working in my life. And that's where my satisfaction comes from. That's where my peace comes. I'm a child of God's. Now you'll have to use different words because they won't understand that. But you can explain it to them. Now I want you to see Psalm 100. David kind of writes this with a worshipful attitude. Psalm 100 verse 3. 
Acknowledge that the Lord is God. In our lives this morning, acknowledge that you didn't plan your life. God did. So he's God. I acknowledge him. I honor him. He made us. We are his. We are his people. We're family. The sheep of his pasture. So because of that, what kind of attitude should I have in my life? I shouldn't leave here today and go, man, I wish you'd have made me money. No, I should be thankful that I'm a child of God, period. Then he says this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, which we did today with praise. And in his courts with praise. And give thanks to him and praise his name. Not my name. Praise his name. And I'm looking for a name, man, right after this now. For the Lord is good. Isn't he? He's amazing in our life. See, there's no one to compare him to. We sang that. There's nobody we can compare our God to. Nobody. He's amazing. And he loves me. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And here's for you that are parents, grandparents, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. You know, when I go out west... And up to Birmingham, not so much in Birmingham because I don't walk my granddaughter. She's 14 now. She just goes off by herself. But when I pray for our grandkids, when they were young and I could take them in a stroller and go walking by myself, you know what I prayed for? God's purposes be filled in their life. Not my purpose for them. Not mom and dad's purpose. God's purpose. God's purposes in our life is better than any plan you can come up with. I don't know how God's gifted them, but I know he wants to have a relationship with them. Parent, grandparent, you pray for God's will in your kids' and grandkids' lives. That's where the satisfaction of the Lord comes from. Now, two more things you want to write down, then we're going to pray. Here they are. Number one, Christ follower, God created you to be a person of influence. Don't take that wrong. It doesn't mean you're super like special. God's the only one that's special. But he created you and me to have an impact for God. To make a difference in our world. To make God known. Are you doing that this morning? Christ follower. Are you making a difference in your world? So many of you are. Thank you. We were created to make God known. The world does not know God. We had a missionary here with us, praying over us at night, on Friday night. He's a friend of James from India. Amazing guy. First time I ever met him, Alex. He says he can go into many towns in India. There'll be a million people. He knows him because he's in North India. There'll be a million people in that town. Five Christians. You and I don't even know what that looks like. A million people, five Christians. They plant a church, and what happens over time? They're making the real God known. And God's word doesn't return void. People are becoming Christian. He's planted hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of churches around India. You see, I want to be a person that makes an impact for God. That's why I challenge you. Don't make fun of the GMO. I challenge you to make an impact in your world. We're not here just to be a group of people having a little family party together on the weekend. and I love that. But we're here to make a difference for God. You are. You're gifted. You're going to be held accountable to God. Of course, we start in our family and our neighborhood. But let's make God known. Number two, we're here to make God look good. 
There is no one that you compare a God to. Let's not forget that I can accomplish God's will for me. You see, in our world, everything is about self-esteem. The world says, put yourself in the middle, and if nobody else takes care of you, nobody else will. So you just put yourself in the middle and let the world revolve around you. That's foolishness. Christianity says, let's have God esteem. You put God, this is God, in the center of your life, and you just revolve around what God's doing. Amen. Is that where he is this morning? Is that you? You're actually the center of your life this morning? Pastor Mark, I don't have time for this GMO and witnessing to my... Man, I'm just trying to make a life. Really? What kind of life? So you're, you're in the center? How's that working for you? It won't work for you. See, he made you a person of influence. You're around people that nobody else can be around. For a reason. Put God back in the center this morning. Just put him right there. Now understand, one last statement, then we're going to stand, and I'm going to pray for you today. If you can get what I'm trying to say to you, you'll never be the same. You'll be so efficient, so useful, and so contented. But the next thing that happens is, you're going to have to fight comparing again. I walked out of here last night, and I was walking out, and one of the guys was out there. He walked by me. I know him well. And he said to me, man, I just blew it. I looked at that car over there and I said to my wife, man, wouldn't I really like to have that car? That's why I said, you're 10 steps out of church and you already blew it. <laughs> we all know what that's about, don't we? But if you get it, we'll be contented and have peace. And we'll accomplish so much for God just being who I am and getting to be more like Jesus. Here's what I want to read to you. Let's all read it together. One, two, three. Real contentment can only be found in a personal relationship with Jesus. You want to try to find relationship without Jesus? Won't happen. It can only be found. You say, well, Pastor Mark, how does that work? Here's how it works. You admit you're a sinner. You admit that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. You ask him to come into your life. And you do that through a prayer. And then you become who he's designed you to be. You're unique. You're you. He wants to change your life. Before we pray, before we even bow our heads, I want to ask you this morning, are you in the family of God? Has God changed you? If not, I'm going to pray for you. I want you to admit you need God and you need purpose and you need forgive. You can leave here forgiven of your sins and going to heaven forever. By joining the family of God, you have to receive him. You have to admit he's God. You have to admit Jesus died on the cross and an instant your life has changed. Then you begin following him just like Jesus said to Peter. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the wonderful declarations the Bible makes regarding your identity in Christ. Knowing that you've been given everything you need to accomplish the tasks that God has made you for can be liberating. The challenge going forward is to put your trust in God and step out in faith, knowing that He has provided all that you need to do the job. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This finishes off the teaching, Content with Who God Made Me. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the message, Humbly Confident. Continuing the theme of learning to be content, he will talk about your need to recognize your dependence on God. That all you have or need comes from God and not from your ability to provide anything. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.